raise up an army, raise up an army, raise up an army from the dust of the earth. Raise up an army, raise up an army, raise up an army of worshippers. Raise up an army, raise up an army, raise up an army from the dust of the earth. Raise up. Again to these dragons. Good morning, guys. Wasn't that a good one to get you started? You're listening to Nikki, and this is Sister on Scripture. It is a real muggy, damp, cloudy, overcast kind of morning in South Carolina um, on this Monday, the 28th of August, in the year of our Lord, 2023. Can y'all believe that it's just already the end of August? I am still amazed that it's so already this year this year's gone by so fast yeah that song um was a new one i found it's song of ezekiel by paul wilbur ministries it's on youtube um i'm going to credit it in the description of the show when i upload the show and then i'll post it in knickknacks Time does fly when you're fighting evil. That's true. And guys, we're going to be praying today for those in the path of the new hurricane um, out in Florida and the Gulf. I forgot the name. It starts with an I. Arita or something like that. Um, South Carolina. We're not, I don't think, Adelia. Why didn't I think of that? I knew it was something with an I. I should have thought about Vidalia onions and remembered it that way. Yes, Hurricane Idalia, um, that's expected to hit the Gulf um, into the Panhandle, Florida area, I believe. Is it still uh, set on track for Wednesday morning, or has that moved up some? It's still Wednesday morning, okay. Yeah, um, the government 
and whoever may be um, has been really messing with weather lately, causing a lot of destruction and um, a lot of uncertainty for many, many people. We've seen Lahaina, um, and then there's an area that caught fire just above where Lahaina had burned. Um, one of the, it's Hawaii raid agent. Um, he's been on YouTube sharing a lot of videos, things that he's seeing um, with people and things that don't add up. I think in the Bard's family room, there's some information on that. I saw this morning um, a few had posted. It's just crazy what's going on with our weather and um, the things, the events that's taking place, you know. They are good videos to watch, Lorette. You're right. So, guys, if y'all haven't seen those, get on over um, in the family room. They're pretty, I mean, they've been reposted a few times, so you should be able to see it. But, of course, after this show, not before. Because today we're going to be starting with Ezekiel 13 um, about the false prophets being condemned. We left off. On Thursday, uh, we did chapter 11 and 12, um, where Ezekiel's getting his bug out bag ready and preparing to go into exile. So we're going to jump into that. This is NASB 1977 edition, so if you read, follow along, that's the one I'm in. The other ones just have a little bit of differences in some of the words, which does matter. Um, this is just the one that I have found the easiest for me to follow and the most accurate um, word for word from the um, original Bible. We should have Ezekiel bug out bags at Bard's Fest. That would be awesome because that's what he had. God was telling him, hey, get your bag ready. Prepare. So, Ezekiel 13. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel who prophesy, and say to those who prophesy from their own inspiration, listen to the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, what are the foolish prophets who are following their own spirit and have seen nothing? O Israel, your prophets have been like foxes among ruins. You have not gone up into the breaches, nor do you build the wall around the house of Israel to stand in the battle on the day of the Lord. They see falsehood and lying divination, who are saying, the Lord declares, when the Lord has not sent them, Yet they hope for the fulfillment of their word. Did you not see a false vision and speak a lying divination when you said, The Lord declares, but it is not I who have spoken. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Because you have spoken falsehood and seen a lie, therefore, behold, I am against you, declares the Lord God. So my hand will be against the prophets who see false visions and utter lies of the nations. They will have no 
in the council of my people, nor will they be written down in the register of the house of Israel, nor will they enter the land of Israel that you may know, Lord God. It is definitely because they have misled my people by saying peace when there is no peace. And when anyone builds a wall, behold, they plaster it over with whitewash. So tell those who plaster it over with wash that it will fall. A flooding rain will come, and you, O hailstones, will fall, and a violent wind will break out. Behold, when the wall has fallen, will you not be asked, where is the plaster with which you plastered it? Therefore, thus says the Lord God, I will make a violent wind break out in my wrath. There will also be in my anger a flooding rain and hailstones to consume it in wrath. So I shall tear down the wall which you plastered over with whitewash and bring it down to the ground so that its foundation is laid bare. And when it falls, you will be consumed in its midst and you will know that I am the Lord. Thus I shall spend my wrath on the wall and on those who have plastered it over with whitewash, I shall say to you, the wall is gone and its plasters are gone, along with the prophets of Israel who prophesy to Jerusalem and who see visions of peace for her when there is no peace, declares the Lord. I'm going to flip to Deuteronomy 18, verse 20. But the prophet who shall speak a word presumptuously in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or which he shall speak in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. And you may say in your heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not come about or come true, that thing which the Lord has not spoken, it has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. So that's another part where God's, you know, telling them there's, it's a big blessing, but also a big weight on prophets. You know, it's not something that you can take your own emotion into account or your own thoughts or, or what you're thinking and make them the word of God. It's, it doesn't happen. Moses was the greatest prophet of the Old Testament. And that's in Deuteronomy 34.10, which we'll go ahead and go to since we just did that one. Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. For all the signs and wonders which the Lord sent him to perform in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh, all his servants, and all his land, and, all, and for all the mighty power, and for all the great terror which Moses performed in the sight of all Israel. 
Abraham was the only prophet before Moses. That's in Genesis 27. Genesis 27 says, Now, therefore, restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you will live. So Abraham was the first prophet and the only prophet before Moses. All prophets stood in the council of God to receive their messages. And I'm going to give you these passages if you want to verify, but I'm not going to go through all these because there's a lot. 1 Kings 22.19, Jeremiah 23.22, and Amos 3.7. A prophet was one who was raised up by God and could not contradict the law of the Lord or speak from his own mind or heart. To do so was to be a false prophet. That's also in Jeremiah 14.14, 14, Jeremiah 23.16, 2326 and 2330. What a false, what a prophet declared had to come true or he was false. That was Deuteronomy 18:22. It's found parallel to two other words. Um, a seer, which tends to stress the visionary or perceptive aspects of a prophet's experiences. There were sons of the prophets, a phrase that indicates bands or companies of prophets. Son in this case is meaning a member, not son as in Jesus or son of man like they've talked about in, um, in Ezekiel. And you could find that to reference in 1 Kings 20, 35, 2 Kings 2, 3, 4, 1, and 5 and four or five. Kings sometimes had a group of prophets around them. And prophets were designated by Israel, um, Samaria and Jerusalem. So just a little bit of information on, on prophets. There's a lot of false prophets there's a lot of um, mega churches that claim to prophesy, but their prophecies have not come true. On the basis of what this right here says, you know, they're going to be in big trouble because God, God doesn't deal with that. He doesn't like that. And so... Since they're doing that, God's, he's turning his back on them. Ezekiel 13, 17. Now you, son of man, set your face against the daughters of your, own, of your people who are prophesying from their own inspiration. Prophesy against them and say, thus says the Lord God, woe to the women who sew magic bands on all wrist." and make veils for the heads of persons of every stature to hunt down lives. 
Will you hunt down the lives of my people, but preserve the lives of others for yourselves? And for handfuls of barley and fragments of bread, you have profaned me to my people to put to death some, some who should not die and to keep others alive who should not live by your lying to my people who listen to lies. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am a magic bands by which you hunt lives there as birds. And I will tear them off your arms, and I will let them go, even those lives whom you hunt as birds. I will also tear off your veils and deliver my people from your hands, and they will no longer be in your hands to be hunted, and you will know that I am the Lord. Because you disheartened the righteous with falsehood when I did not cause him grief, but have encouraged the wicked not to turn from his wicked way and preserve his life. Therefore, you women will no longer see false visions or practice divination, and I will deliver my people out of your hand. Thus you will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel 14. Then some elders of Israel came to me and sat down before me. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, these men have set up their idols in their hearts and have put right before their faces the stumbling block of their inequity. Should I be consulted by them at all? Therefore, speak to them and tell them, Thus says the Lord God, Any man of the house of Israel who sets up his idols in his heart puts right before his face the stumbling block of his inequity, and then comes to the prophet. I am the Lord. I'm sorry. I, the Lord, will be brought to give him an answer in the matter of, in the matter in view of the multitude of his idols. In order to lay hold of the hearts of the house of Israel, who are who are estranged from me through all their idols. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, Repent and turn away from your idols, and turn your faces away from all your abominations. For anyone of the house of Israel, or of the immigrants who stay in Israel, who separates himself from me, sets up his idols in his heart, puts right before his face the stumbling block of his inequity, and then comes to the prophet to inquire of me for himself. I, the Lord, will be brought to answer him in my own person. And I shall set my face against that man and make him a sign and a proverb, and I shall cut him off from among my people, so you will know that I am the Lord. Good morning to all of you that have just joined, or good afternoon, evening, because I see we have Dee from Ireland. I know you're driving, but be safe. 
it's glad to have you i'm glad to have you here it's kind of catch up, catching up on the chat for a second this show um is every monday and thursday at 11 a.m eastern time so it starts you got here right at the beginning of it d so you're right at the the start so whatever time it is there that's about the time it'll start on mondays and thursdays i was looking for a verse too um hey good morning shasha i'm so glad to see you here hun i am pulling up a verse that i um that just made me think about It didn't hit me until just now on Second uh, Chronicles seven fourteen. And my people who are called by my name themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. That's what that just um, reminded me of. Ezekiel 14, 9. But if the prophet is prevailed upon to speak a word, it is I, the Lord, who have prevailed upon that prophet, and I will stretch out my hand against him and destroy him from among my people Israel. Good morning, Tulian. What was going on at this time is that people would say that the Lord said it. There will be peace because the Lord said it. I, the Lord told me. Well, that wasn't the that wasn't God's message to them, and so they thought, oh well, just because it said God told me or God said this to me, that that you know that carried weight, and, and it should carry weight because to say that God told you something, it is. It's not just something minor, just like telling somebody you love them. It's not something minor. You know, you have to really, when you say it, you have to mean it. Words have meanings. And you want to put out, you know, positive words. But they were trying to use positive words to sway people to do things that they should not be doing. And to, to you know, convince them that it was okay to... Remember the queen of heaven that we spoke about in Isaiah, um, where the women would make, um, make breads and pastries and, uh, also burn incense to her. She was a, what they would consider a fertility God. Um, and you know, they were worshiping false gods and having the false idols. And, you know, God was, he was trying to give them another chance, but they, they just weren't listening. And so God, you know, because it's such a, a weight on the shoulders of those that have been prophets, like Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, you know, Moses, many, many more other prophets that came 
that it was a heavy weight. But God had chose them for that. And they were speaking exactly what God was telling them, not putting their own words in it. Remember, Moses didn't even want to, to speak. So was the voice. So Moses had, you know, the staff and performed the, the, you know, the miracle that even the Pharaoh's highest people couldn't perform. You know, there's things that have a blessed day, Lord. Thank you for being here. I was so glad to have you. Sorry, I got sidetracked there. Uh, but, you know, God God was using them for that. They, they weren't putting their own thoughts and emotions and um, trying to sway others to do things that God was, wasn't telling them. Ezekiel 14, 9, but if the prophet is prevailed upon to speak a word, it is I, the Lord, who have prevailed upon that prophet and I will stretch out my hand against him and destroy him from among my people Israel and they will bear the punishment of their inequity as the inequity of the inquirer is so the inequity of the prophet will be in order that the house of Israel may no longer stray from me and no longer defile themselves with all their transgressions Thus they will be my people, and I shall be their God, declares the Lord God. You know, God kept giving covenants and covenants and covenants until he gave the everlasting covenant of Jesus. Because he knew the people were still going to sin. That's not an excuse to continue to be in sin. It's to overcome, acknowledge the sin, overcome the sin, repent from the sin, and do like Jesus says, go to the prophet, the pro oh goodness, sorry, the prostitute, go and sin no more. So it's not a, a free, repentance isn't a get out of sin free card. Repentance is to absolve, you know, Jesus died to absolve us of that sin, but we have to confess it. You know, our ABCs of Jesus, we have to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, believe that he was resurrected from the dead and died for our sins, and confess with your mouth your sins. Confess it to him. You don't have to confess it to me or anyone else. And that's what bothers me with Catholicism, is that it, they, you have to go into a booth, pray to a I'm doing air quotes, father, the priest, or whatever. And they they tell you, okay, well, you do whatever, you know, five Hail Marys, whatever they tell you. And, and you're, you're good. No, that's not how it works. That's not what the Bible and scripture says. We go and confess our sins to the father and to Jesus, actually to Jesus. We confess our sins to Jesus absolves those sins for us and takes them to the Father so we can still have our eternal salvation in heaven. 
That's what his death on the cross meant. And we're get, we're building up to that. Ezekiel will, you'll see where Ezekiel starts talking about where Jesus is going to come into play. Ezekiel 12, uh, 18, 14, 12. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, if a country sins against me by committing unfaithfulness, and I stretch out my hand against it, destroy its supply of bread, send famine against it, and cut off from both man and beast, even though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in its midst, by their own righteousness, they could only deliver themselves, clears the Lord God. If I were to cause wild beasts to pass through the land and they depopulated it and it became desolate so no one would pass through it because of the beast, though these three men were in its midst, were in its midst, and I live declares the Lord God. They could not deliver either their sons or their daughters. They alone would be delivered, but the country would be desolate. Or if I should bring a sword on that country and say, let the sword pass through the country and cut off man and beast from it. Even though these three men were in its midst, as I live, declares the Lord God, they could not deliver either their sons or their daughters, but they alone would be delivered. Or if I should send a plague against that country and pour out my wrath and blood on it to cut man off, to cut off man and beast from it, even though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in its midst as I live, declares the Lord God, they could not deliver either their son or their daughter they would deliver only themselves by their righteousness. That's pretty big. That's, that's saying that we are accountable for what we do ourselves. Only our, our actions and the things that we do are the only thing that can save ourselves. We can't save everyone else. I mean, we, we could try, but we can't be the deciding force. Like Noah wasn't the one that shut the, the door of the ark. God did. God decided when that door was going to close, not Noah. With Job, Job, you know, he, he was the most humble of all of God's servants, which is why Satan had been watching him. And God knew Satan had been watching him. God allowed Satan to do that because he knew the faithfulness of his servant Job. And no matter what happened, Job never blamed God. He didn't, you know. And I'm going to skip forward a second to Ezekiel 18. Eighteen one, and I'll read eighteen one through four. 
Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, What do you mean by using this proverb concerning the land of Israel? The fathers eat the sour grapes, but the children's teeth are set on edge. As I live, declares the Lord God, you are surely not going to use this proverb in Israel anymore. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the father, as well as the soul of the son, is mine. The soul who sins will die. I wanted to give you the pretext before I give you that one verse in four. All the souls are mine. The soul of the father, as well as the soul of the son, is mine. The soul who sins will die. And that time, you know, they had to do uh, the different sacrifices to, to repent for their sins because Jesus hadn't came to absolve sin yet. So when you sinned, you were cut off. This right here, along with what I just read, with Ezekiel um, 14, 12 through 20, it really shows how we are responsible for our own actions. The soul who sins will die is, it's an old, it's based off an old proverb from Israel. And God, you know, replaced it with his own. Israel had a group relationship with God. In the Babylonian exile, Ezekiel himself was participating, was God's judgment on a sinful nation. And many righteous people had to suffer alongside the sinners, just like we do now. We suffer as well, even though we're not sinning, we're still suffering. Nevertheless, God now wanted it emphasized that individual guilt and righteousness, righteousness should not be swallowed up in the group, even when the group was a family. Depending on the stress laid, the law could be read either way. In the Ten Commandments, God stated that he would visit the inequity of the fathers on the children on the third and fourth generations from Exodus 25 and Deuteronomy 5.9. And all of these, like I said, will be in the show uh, show notes when I upload the show. But in Deuteronomy 24, 16, fathers and children are not to be held responsible for each other's guilt. Therefore, by rejecting the old proverb, God was setting in Ezekiel 18 and, you know, it was in Jeremiah 31, 29 and 30. Any question anyone might have. And if you also go um, into Galatians 3, let me get back there. I'm going to, we're going to read all of three. You foolish Galatians who has bewitched you, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. This is the only thing I want you to find from you. I'm sorry. This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the spirit? 
the works of the law or by hearing faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he then, who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you, do it by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Even so, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Therefore, be sure that it is those who are, who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the nations shall be blessed in you. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. For as many as are of the works of the law are a curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. Now that no one is justified by the law before God is evident, for the righteous man shall live by faith. The law was not of faith. On the contrary, he who practices them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. In order that Christ, Jesus, the blessing of Abraham, might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak in terms of human relations, even though it is only a man's covenant, yet when it has been ratified, no one puts it aside or adds conditions to it. Now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. He does not say at and two seeds, referring to many, but rather to one. And to your seed, that is Christ. What I am saying is this, the law which came 430 years later does not invalidate a covenant covenant previously ratified by God so as to nullify the promise for if the inheritance is based on law it is no longer based on a promise but God has granted it to Abraham by means of a promise why the law then it was added because of transgressions having been ordained through angels by the agency of a mediator until the seed should have come to whom the promise had been made Now, a mediator is not for one party only, whereas God is only one. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? May it never be. For if a law had been given which was able to impart life, then righteousness would, have, would indeed have been based on law. But the scripture has shut up all men under sin that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law, being shut up to the faith, which was later to be revealed. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ, that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. For you are all sons of God through faith in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ.
There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male or nor female, for you are all one in Jesus, one in Christ Jesus. I'm sorry, I don't mean to mix that up. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. I'm actually going to go into four as well. Now I say, as long as the heir is a child, he does not differ all from a slave, although he is owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by the father. So also we, while we were children, we were, uh, were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. But when the fullness time came, God sent forth his son born of a woman, born under the law in order that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are our sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then a heir through God. However, at that time when you did not know God, you were slaves to those which by nature are no gods. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how is it that you turn back again to the weak and worthless elemental things to which you desire to be enslaved all over again? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that perhaps I have labored over you in vain. I beg of you, brethren, become as I am, for I also have become as you are. You have done, done me no wrong. But you know that it, it that it was because of a bodily illness that I preached the gospel to you the first time. That word there, the bodily illness, strikes me a little bit because, you know, our flesh, you don't really think of the flesh as being a bodily Ill illness, really. But until we're reborn, you know, you have to die in the flesh to be reborn in Christ. And that's what God's saying here. Become as I am. For I also have become as you are. You have done me no wrong. But you know that it was preached because of a bodily illness that I preached the gospel to you the first time. And that which was a trial to you in my bodily condition, you did not despise or loathe, but you received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus himself. And I'm going to stop there on that part and go back into Ezekiel. We're going to flip back to Galatians, but that'll be Thursday, likely.
Okay. Ezekiel 15, 21. 14, 21. Sorry. For thus says the Lord God, how much more when I send my four severe judgments against Jerusalem, sword, famine, wild beast, and plague to cut off man and beast from it. Yet behold, survivors will be left in it who will be brought out, both sons and daughters. Behold, they are going to come forth to you. You will see their conduct and actions. Then you will be comforted for the calamity which I have brought against Jerusalem for everything which I have brought upon it. Then they will comfort you, see their conduct and actions, for you will know that I have not done in vain whatever I did to it, declares the Lord God. See, God's wanting to let him know, hey, you know, it's going to, it's kind of like the birthing pain, sort of. You know, um, women who've had children, some of you have experienced Braxton Hicks, which is, um, false labor and during that time you don't know that it's false you don't know that there's not a baby coming you just know hey this isn't normal something's going on what's going on with my body and you know we're getting ready for the he's getting ready to see these birthing pains and God's saying you know what it's gonna be okay you're gonna see there's still going to be goodness that's going to come out of this. Just like any time there is anything that evil tries to use for bad, God will turn it into something good. Whether it be even like Lahanya, Lahana. I don't think I said that right still. My southern accent really does mess with me when I'm saying words sometimes. Lahaina. There we go. Even like with Lahaina, um, you know, things are coming out. People are seeing that the media is not telling the truth with how many people have died. They were hiding. They were hiding um, the number of children missing. But people are seeing, you know, that the media isn't telling the truth. And that's been something that's been very hard to convince many of. Many like to be spoon-fed their daily dose of information. Be told what to think. So that way they don't have to, you know, take the time out of their day to research anything or look into anything. They can just pass it off and say, well, the news said this, da-da-da-da-da, or I didn't hear that on the news. Well, it doesn't mean just because it's not on the news it didn't happen. So, you know, God's going to turn things into good. And God's telling Ezekiel here with that last passage. Then they will comfort you when you see their conduct and actions. For you will know that I have not done in vain whatever I did to it, declares the Lord God. We were talking about the fruits. I think it was last week. And that you'll know them by their fruits. So God's saying, hey, look, you're going to know them by their conduct and their actions, and that's going to give you comfort. So hold on. It's going to be okay. And with that, guys, I'm going to go into prayer. Um, I'm going to find something to play real quick while we um, 
I'll give y'all some time to get prayer requests in the live chat. This is the song I started with. The song of Ezekiel. Paul Wilbur Ministries. Part of that. Could these dry bones live? Prophesying to these dry bones. Never can, never can.
Raise up an army, raise up an army, raise up an army from the dust of the earth. Raise up an army, raise up an army, raise up an army of worshippers. Raise up an army, raise up. Dee was having some issues that he's trying to comment since the number of missing children in Lahaina and Lahaina was mentioned that my voice went robotic and missed it and your comment wouldn't post uh-oh we're doing a prayer request if right now I'm sorry that happened it I don't know if it was on my end or not Right now, Podbean is saying my connection is excellent, but I have some of the worst problems with Podbean. And it's only Podbean. Uh, I don't know what it is. I, they really don't like having me have Jesus on here, but they can keep being mad because we're not going to stop. I was trying to give you a second, see if it could get your comment back in. Are you on um, Telegram at all, D? Um, you can also email me at Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, Knight, K-N-I-G-H-T, at ProtonMail.com. I've got also um, a Telegram page for Knickknacks, the show. It's t.me slash Nikki'sNacks, N-I-K-K-I-S-N-A-K-S.
Oh, thank you. Said so it, it is excellent mostly. It's deep state suppression mostly, not on Telegram anymore. Needed my life back. I hear you on that one. Um, if you have any kind of prayer request or anything like that, um, you could shoot me an email and it's in the show description on Podbean if you go under the channel. Um, there's the ways to reach me there um, also. Good morning and welcome, Vinny. Yeah, we don't need any natural disasters anymore, which I don't know if any of the ones that we've had have been really natural disasters. I think a lot of them have been man-made disasters. And that's not the tin tinfoil hat wearing person in me. That's just the wisdom God gave us to see through things. Now we're going to go ahead and go into prayer now. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us this space to, to be able to worship you in, to be able to walk closer to you, get to know you better, and to be able to continue to have an evolving relationship with you, Father. We seek to, to bring you glory and to try to be worthy of the mercy that you granted us no matter what we do we're never going to be worthy and matter and add up to it but father we we try and we just thank you every day that that you wake us up and give us breath in our lungs you know it's a blessing it's a blessing that lets us know that you have a purpose for us father so anybody feeling like they may not have a purpose if you woke up today there is a purpose Father God, show them what that purpose is. Show us the purpose that you want us to do, what you want us to do for you, Father. Make me smaller so you can grow bigger in me. Help and help us all to be able to, to understand and discern better. Father, for the wisdom that you give us, we thank you for that knowledge that you give us. Because many have eyes to see, but do not see, and ears to hear, but do not hear. And Father, we are blessed that we can not only see, but we hear. And we, we see your words, and we hear them loud and clear, Father. And, and we just pray to every day that we're continually use those and grow on them together. Um, as brothers and sisters of Christ together, Father, we just, we ask you to just impart your knowledge on us, impart your wisdom in us. Use us to bring glory to you, Father. Father, so many that have been going through so much. And, and I always go back to, if you bring, if God brings us, he'll, you'll bring us through it. And I know that, Father, but for those that that may be lacking in faith or, or trust or, you know, even myself, Father, you know that I still have, have parts of, of faith and trust that I can expand. And so, Father, I pray that you help expand that trust and that faith in me and anyone else that needs it. I pray for healing upon those that are sick, healing for Jaja and her family been sick for over a week now 
um, with flu and strep symptoms, Father. They, and there's several others um, that have had some some cold stuff or or strep throat stuff and just overall not feeling well. And Father, we just ask you to to take this sickness out. You are our ultimate healer and physician, Father. Medicine isn't, doctors aren't, you are, you're our healer. So Father, come down and wrap your arms around Jaja and her family. Come into their hearts, into their bodies, and just remove anything causing them to be unwell. Protect them with your loving arms, Father. For Jenny Lynn, I raised her up in prayer to you, Father. She's not been feeling well. Her grandson, Charlie, it was just diagnosed with a rare type of leukemia. Um, they've got to go fund me up. And, Father, you know they need not just money and resources, but prayer. So, Father, we bring prayer for them to you. Prayer for Charlie and prayer for healing for Jenny Lynn. She's went from, from being able to to walk and, and be out in her garden and with her bees to having a hard time, Father. She's been in a lot of pain, so we ask that you take that pain from her. For our brother Eric, whose father-in-law, Wayne, has been in the hospital for five days and they still don't know what's going on with him, Father. They don't know what's going on with him, but you do. May all hands that touch Wayne be inspired by you, God, that you use whatever's going on with Wayne to bring others to Jesus. Turn it into your good, Father. You Turn it into your will, your good. Use it for your good because it is your will. Father, we know that the doctors are going to be baffled because Wayne is going to be, he's going to be healed. He's going to walk up out of that hospital and be okay. Your will, Father. So, so we pray that that is your will for Wayne, for him to be able to go out of that hospital and everything be okay. For all of those that are going to be that may possibly be impacted by Hurricane Adelia in Florida and in the neighboring states, Father. I pray for a hedge of protection around them, that they not go through the troubled waters, that they be lifted up by your hand, Father, and, and be protected from anything that's going to cause them any kind of sorrow or any kind of pain that no lives be lost, all lives are going to be spared because all is beautiful. And that may, the areas that may need some rain, get some rain, but that be all it is. If you're going to blow, blow through your word, through all the houses, spread your word like that wind. Father, just, just please just be with them to give them that comfort. And for those that are lost, you know, that, like I said, you could spread your word like the wind. It's not too late for anyone to ever seek your face. 
So, Father, we pray for those that, that need to seek your face, those that are lost. May they not be lost in this storm. May they be found. May they, they find you, Father. Thank you, God, for all the wonderful family that's here listening now, those that are listening later, that you've brought into my life, into each other's lives, Father. We are all individual parts of the body of Christ, but together we complete everything and fulfill everything as that body of Christ, going out, discipling, building ministry, helping to to bring light to others that are in dark places, helping to, to teach and nurture those that have been cast aside, those that that they somebody thought they weren't needed, but Father, you know they're needed, and you know that you're going to use them because we're all useful to you, Father. You created us all for your purpose, for your works, for your glory, in your image. So, Father, thank you for that. Thank you for Jesus, and it's in his name I pray. Amen. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I will get this episode posted. We did cover Ezekiel 13 and 14 for those that uh, may have gotten here late. Um, but I'll get all of that posted with all those scriptures in as soon as I can. It takes a little bit after the show for it to get um, to where I can publish it. So I will do it as soon as I can. Guys, have a wonderful, blessed day. I'll be back on Thursday. We'll pick up with Ezekiel chapter 15. Have a wonderful, blessed day, guys. I love you all.
say, I'll say that the whole world knows who you are to me. Where you go, I'll go. What you say, I'll say. Let the whole world know who you are to me. Where you go, I'll go. What you say, I'll say. you say